Hey everyone, Andrew here. Before we start, I just wanted to tell you that what you're about to hear is an older episode that we recorded with Jeremy last year. Now, I originally lost the audio files for this one and thought that we had to abandon it, but then I found the files again and we've decided to release it even though Jeremy has left the Culips team. There's just a lot of helpful information in this podcast episode and it would be a shame not to share it with you. So this is probably the last Culips episode, at least for now, that you'll hear with Jeremy. So please just keep that in mind, and we hope that you enjoy this one. Thanks. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jeremy. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to Culips. This is a Chatterbox episode, which is our series where we feature completely natural English conversation that you can listen into. And we hope by studying with this series, you can upgrade your English listening skills and become a fluent English listener. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy. Hi there, Jeremy. Hey, Andrew, and hey, everyone. I'm excited for today's episode topic. Today, we're going to evaluate different kinds of listening material and talk about the pros and cons of studying English with them. But before we do that, we should let everyone know about the study guide so that they can follow along as they listen today. Yeah, that's right. So everyone, the study guide for this episode includes a transcript, detailed vocabulary explanations and examples and a quiz and also more. There's bonus material in there as well. You can download the study guide as a PDF and print it off if you would like to, or you can view it in a mobile-friendly version that is designed to look good on smartphones. And to access it, you just need to visit qlips.com and become a Qlips member. Awesome. So don't sleep on the study guide, everyone. It's a great resource that we designed to help you make the most out of your time studying with us. Before we get into the topic of today's episode, I want to share an email with all of our listeners, Jeremy. It is from one of our Qlips members from Brazil named Juliana, and Juliana writes... I am a Culips member, and since then, I have been listening to the podcast every day during my stretching routine in the morning. I love Culips because Andrew and the other hosts speak in a very clear way. They have experience teaching English as a second language, and Andrew and Jeremy said that they have been studying Korean, so they know how difficult it is to learn a new language. I also enjoy Culips because there is a great variety of content, and it helps me to improve my vocabulary. While I'm listening, I have a lot of fun, and I do it with pleasure. Maybe one of the keys to learning a new language is doing it with enjoyment. So thank you very much for your help, Juliana. Wow, that's so nice. So Juliana, thank you for that message. And listeners, if you want to get in touch, we love hearing from you. We love getting these kinds of messages from you. They're super encouraging and help us to keep going and to do a good job 
to help you learn English. So if you would like to get in touch with us, just send us an email to our email address, contact at qlips.com. Okay, so in a recent Chatterbox episode, Cassie and I evaluated studying English with different types of videos, with Netflix and movies, with TV shows, and with YouTube. But today, Jeremy and I are going to evaluate the pros and cons of studying English with different types of listening materials, like the radio, podcasts, and audiobooks. And Jeremy, I think the two of us are going to have a lot to say about this topic. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> so let's kick things off by evaluating the radio. Jeremy, in your opinion, is listening to the radio a good way to study English? It can be. I have experience studying Spanish and Korean that way by listening to the radio. And I think the best thing is the advertisements because they are usually very clear and repeated and they are short. So they are sort of easy to understand. You can predict the context like, oh, this one is talking about car sales and this one is talking about a pizza place. So... It can be good in that way. They are also designed to be very catchy and to get stuck in your head, right? Yeah. So you might kind of have them stuck in your head and you will repeat them <laughs> throughout the day if the ad writer did a good job with the jingle. <laughs> also, it's great that you can listen to them in the car and it's very easy to just turn on the radio in the car and start driving. I think that's a nice part of using the radio. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're listening to a podcast or you want to listen to music or something, maybe you have to load up your phone with that podcast or with that file. You have to do something, right? Usually to get it prepared. Mm -hmm. But with the radio, you just turn it on and it's there and you're off to the races. You can start listening. Mm -hmm. I also like listening to call-in shows where a listener will call in and talk to the radio hosts because usually there is a common topic or question that is being discussed. Mm -hmm. So you can try to figure out what they're talking about. Oh, why are they laughing at this point? Hmm. And it can help you stay focused on what you're listening to, because it's interesting. Sure. So a call-in show is a show where listeners can just call the radio DJ or the radio show host, and they have a conversation, and you get to listen to that conversation. So it's very natural, it's unscripted, and it makes great, authentic listening material. One of my favorite call-in shows is a kind of geeky show that's on Canadian radio. Uh, the Canadian radio station is called the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. And this show is called Cross Canada Checkup. It happens every Sunday. And the host just opens the phone lines to Canadians across the country from the West Coast to the East Coast. And people call in 
to just talk about what's on their mind. It's usually a political issue, but it can sometimes be a social issue or a pop culture issue too. And it's interesting because you have this conversation this way, right? One caller will phone in and share their opinion. And then 20 minutes later, somebody will phone in to add to the conversation or to debate that original caller to share an alternative opinion. So it's, I think, really, really awesome listening material for English learners. But do you think that sometimes politics or, you know, world events and things like that, those can have a lot of difficult vocabulary associated with them, right? Yes. And this is one of the cons of studying with the radio that we should talk about. Because listening to the radio, in my opinion, is one of the most difficult kinds of listening material, right? As you said, Jeremy, talk radio is often focused on politics and world events and current events. So it's just not that accessible for intermediate learners, I think. Actually, there was a specific show that I used to listen to in Spanish a lot on the radio. And every Sunday they did the show and they talked about a certain kind of health product, like maybe a special mushroom or some diet pills or something like that. And I liked it because I knew they were trying to sell something and explain the benefits so I could understand some of it. But there were so many difficult words that I had to give up after a while. Mm. Also, every time I started listening to it, it was usually in the middle of the show. So I had already missed 20 minutes of the show and it was hard to catch up. Yeah, that happens often, right? You hop in your car and you just turn on the radio and very often <laughs> the time that you hop in your car doesn't line up with the start of the radio show. So you're catching things in the middle and it's hard to know the context of what's being talked about. And also we have no subtitles or transcripts for the radio too, right? It's just, it's fleeting. Yeah, It comes through the airwaves into our ears and then it's gone. So that also makes it a really difficult way to study English, but the content is good. So I guess if we had to sum up studying with the radio, the pros are that it's easy to access and the content is very interesting. But on the other hand, it's difficult and there are no transcripts or records of the show that you can study with later. So should we talk about podcasts next? Yeah, let's talk about podcasts. Jeremy, we are obviously big podcast fans and podcasters ourselves. So we're probably a little bit biased here. Yeah. But in my opinion, podcasts are one of the best ways to study English. Yeah, I agree. I have used podcasts for years to study Korean and it has been absolutely invaluable. Right. Me as well. Actually, Jeremy, before you called me, I was listening to a Korean podcast. One of my new ways to study Korean with podcasts is to listen to movie review podcasts. Uh -huh. So I watch 
the movie. And then I listen to people talk about the movie afterwards on a podcast. Great idea. And it's been a really cool way to study the language. And so this is, in my opinion, a huge benefit of podcasts is that there are so many different genres, so many different topics. Mm -hmm. And you can find a podcast about absolutely anything that interests you. Sometimes some very strange things too, but that's what makes it really cool. Also, I think it's great because usually there's very good audio quality. Sometimes with the radio, you know, there's it's just kind of far away sounding voice. It's not very clear, <laughs> right? Yep. But podcasts are always crystal clear. And usually, like Andrew and I, the speaker will have a microphone right by their mouth. So the voice is very clear, easy to hear. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's also great for repetitive listening, right? Since you have it downloaded onto your phone, it's really easy to just play again and again and again, which is something that you just can't do with the radio at all. Correct, yeah. Unless you do what I used to do when I was a kid, and that is record the radio with a cassette tape. Then you could do it, but mm. that's a lot of work. <laughs> the other thing I really like about podcasts is that you can take them with you anywhere and listen while you're doing almost anything. So I used to listen while I was running or riding a bike or doing the dishes and Doing repetitive listening while you do another thing, uh, while you do another habitual thing, is a great way to create a new repetitive listening habit. So if you listen every time you do the dishes, and you do the dishes every day, then you will make a habit of listening each day, and this will bring you better results from your language study. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of talk on the internet these days about passive immersion and passive, passive mm -hmm. listening just while you're doing other things. So it's mm -hmm. just like a way to spend time with English throughout your day while you're still getting other work done. Really, it's a way to keep English in your life and add it into your daily routine so that you can keep up your exposure and your study will be more effective and probably more fun. And in my opinion, the best thing about podcasts is that they are free. Yeah, super free. Super free. I think there are only a few podcasts that I know about that actually charge money to listen to the episode where you actually have to pay to listen to the podcast. I would say almost 99% of podcasts are free and Nobody is going to complain about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Now, we should talk about some of the disadvantages to studying with podcasts too. And really, there aren't too many, but a couple come to mind. And again, it's the issue of transcripts. Now, here at Culips, we realize the value of transcripts, and this is why we make one for every episode and include it in our study guide. But for most podcasts, there are no transcripts. So I think this is a bummer for English language learners. 
Yeah, and also sometimes the podcasts can be very, very long. Sometimes two or three hours. And this makes any repetition of that podcast very difficult. So I usually like to listen to podcasts that are 20 to maybe 40 minutes. Yeah, one of my favorite podcasts is called Hardcore History. And it's a history podcast, super interesting, great host. I love it. But each episode is like five hours long. It's crazy. It's like an audiobook, And it takes me forever to listen to one episode. So this is, I think, kind of a disadvantage because it's just hard to stay focused for that long. And another disadvantage that comes to mind is that many podcasts have multiple hosts, multiple speakers. And because of this, they'll be talking over each other. They'll be cutting each other off. They'll be laughing a lot. And that can be hard for everyone to follow, even native English speakers. Sometimes we get lost when listening to these kind of roundtable podcasts. Yeah, those are the hardest for me in Korean to listen to. Yeah. That's why I prefer podcasts with two or th maybe three people if they don't talk too fast. Mm -hmm. But you're right. The constant interjection and laughing and other sounds make it quite difficult to follow what the speakers are saying. Right. So listeners, if you're listening to these kinds of podcasts and you find them difficult to understand, well, don't worry, because sometimes we do as well. <laughs> That's true. Okay. And quickly here, we will make sure that we don't have a five-hour hardcore history-esque podcast. We will <laughs> evaluate our final listening source for today, which is audiobooks. Audiobooks. Jeremy, have you ever studied a language using audiobooks before? Honestly, no. I listen to audiobooks in English often, but I haven't used them for Korean or Spanish. I tried listening to The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho in Spanish, but it was quite difficult for me. So it was hard to focus and I couldn't go back to check anything because I've lost my place in the story. Yes, that can be an issue for sure, staying on track. I've had that happen to me before, but Recently, I started studying with audiobooks, and I found it to be a really great way to get some listening in throughout the day. I've been listening to a Korean audiobook, and I have an app that I downloaded onto my phone that solves the problem that you had, Jeremy, of staying on track because it keeps your place for you. You can set a bookmark so that you don't lose your place. And one of the things that I really love about this app is that there is a sleep timer built in. So I can set it for 30 minutes and then have it turn off. And I can track how much I study during the day by just having that sleep timer on. It's a really cool feature. So what I do is I, I listen for about 30 minutes and then I go back to my bookmark and listen again. 
So I'm able to get that repetitive listening in through the audiobook. That's a great idea. You know, it's nice. Reading is one of the better ways to improve your vocabulary. You get exposed to a lot of more advanced, more specialized vocabulary that you don't really hear in everyday casual conversation. You meet these kinds of words in novels and in nonfiction as well. And also, of course, there are professional readers. So the audio is crystal clear. Yeah. And you also have the book that you can buy to follow along with. So in my opinion, I think audiobooks are great for pushing yourself to get to that next level and improving your vocabulary, especially if you pair it with reading. So you're doing some reading time and then, you know, while you're going about your day doing your dishes or cleaning your house, you can listen to the audiobook to get that repetitive element in. But I think if we mention the cons,、uh, one will be, like I mentioned, the language was too difficult for my level of Spanish at the time. So I wasn't able to follow the story. And it was also hard to focus on the listening. Yes, that is a big con. And even some books that, on the surface, if you judge the book by the cover, they look easy. Like, oh, this is like Harry Potter. It's going to be easy, right? It's for kids. No, there's a lot of weird, obscure vocabulary in those kinds of books, and it can make understanding it very difficult and frustrating. And we should also talk about the major disadvantage of studying with audiobooks, and that is that they are expensive. They are very, very expensive. And while I do think it's a great way to study, I haven't purchased too many audiobooks because, well, they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can be quite expensive. Yeah, maybe if you could use the library or something, that would be great. But purchasing them is not cheap. And obviously, that makes for a major con in my books. These days, some. Libraries have digital access to their audiobooks. So you can get some for free. So you should check with your local library to see if they have a website or an app that would let you listen to their audiobooks. I know there is one in my area where I live. So hopefully there is one near you as well. Right, everyone. I think we will wrap things up here. Thank you for listening to this episode with us today. We hope that you learned a lot, and we hope that you'll get out there and spend a lot of time listening to English content to improve your English skills. Not just with QWOPs, but with a variety of sources, because variety is the spice of life, and it's the thing. That will help you stay motivated and focused on your ultimate goal of becoming fluent in English. Right. One more time, I want to let you know about our website, qlips.com. It's the place where you can access our past episodes and also sign up to become a Qlips member. 
that's a great way to support us and to help us keep doing what we're doing. But it's not the only way to support us. You could also tell your friends about Qloops. You could follow us on social media. Or you could also leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back soon with another episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>